Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on today's podcast, I've got a rather large helping of Disney news coming in. There's a lot of stuff happening, particularly around the Walt Disney World Resort, but outside of the resort as well. When I went up there recently, I discovered all of the construction that's going on. It's remarkable how much construction is going on there. Between new attractions, new rides, the Skyliner, new hotels, and uh, new pieces that they're building for various reasons, for infrastructure reasons and so forth. All of those things are being built out, and it's remarkable how much is going on. So it's worth taking a little time to take a step back and take a look at all of these changes and everything, because there is just so much happening, it's, it's hard to keep up. So something that happened a short time ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, is that a man hung a uh, Trump re-election banner from the train station, a giant banner that he hung down from there. And whatever way you feel about him and his re-election campaign and whatever, that, that's a no-no on Disney's property. Um, there are no advertisements, no political things, nothing like that. So it was immediately taken down by uh, cast members. And the man was escorted from the park and reprimanded from doing something like that again. And that's the thing. It's, you know, you have to remember that you're on Disney's property and you're at their whim and you have to kind of think about things for, from their perspective and try to do the right things and do, you know, manage yourself accordingly, right? If you feel certain ways about certain political things or social things or whatever, you don't want to call attention to them at the parks because that will get you kicked out. There was a story uh, back, I guess it was in September or so, about uh, former President Obama having talked about visiting Disneyland. And I thought this was kind of a funny little thing he said. He just, he was giving a speech about something and he just went off on a little tangent here and start, started talking about visiting Disneyland. We came down here not to go to the Matterhorn or uh, to do Pirates of the Caribbean, but to see Cool in the game. So I'm dating myself a little bit here. Those of you who were not born yet when Cool in the Gang was popular, you should go check it out. Um, so we came down, me and a bunch of friends, after the concert, because we were teenagers, we, uh, you could still kind of hang out in the park, and so we went into the, the gondolas. And, and, I, and I'm ashamed to say this, so close your ears, young people, but uh, a few of us were smoking <laughs> on the gondolas. Well, no, no, these, these were cigarettes, people. As we're coming in, there are these two very large uh, Disneyland police officers. And they say, sir, uh, can you come with us? And they escorted us out of Disneyland. This is a true story, everybody. Um, you know, I was booted from the Magic Kingdom. Um, <laughs> but 
I, you know what I remember about it was at the end, they said, uh, uh, you're going to have to leave, sir, for breaking uh, the rules of the Magic Kingdom, but you are welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> Which I thought, well, that was nice of them. Uh, anyway, those are my memories of Disneyland. Now, with the exception of calling it the Magic Kingdom, because it really wasn't, it was Disneyland, that's okay. It was still a pretty good story. There was a kind of an interesting story, not really interesting, but there was a story that came out about uh, this person who had a scooter accident. They were hit by a scooter in the parks. It was someone's personal scooter or one they had rented from one of these stores, and they ran into someone and they caused an injury. And the person that was injured, the aggrieved, uh, actually tried to... Uh, get some information to be able to go after the person who uh, hit them with the scooter. And unfortunately, they haven't got, been very successful in going after it. And it's an inter here's where the interesting problem is. They turned to Disney. They named Disney in the suit as well. And Disney defended themselves by saying, hey, it wasn't our fault. They brought their own scooter in the park. That's up to you to, do, to deal with the person who's there. And, uh, you know, it was a personal uh, accident there. And Disney uh, absolved themselves of liability. And so far, the court has agreed with them. But what the person did is they turned to Disney and said, hey, we know that you have some information about that scooter accident. We know that you have some surveillance. We know that you have some other things. We'd like to get access to that information so we can track the person down. And Disney has refused to this point because Disney doesn't like to give any information about what happens in their parks, even to the court system, if they can help it. It's part of protecting their brand. So uh, in doing so, they might give away some of their secrets about some of the uh, video that they take and surveillance that they do internally. So there's an interesting legal battle that's mounting in there. And, and why I bring it up is simply because Disney has an interesting perspective on this. They want to control everything that happens in their environment, and they are trying to say to the courts, hey, it's not our fault that this happened. This was between two guests. It wasn't our scooter. It wasn't anything we did. There was no negligence on our part, so we shouldn't be held responsible. And because of the way Disney is set up as its own legal entity, the way it was set up as the, the improvement district and they have their own rules and guidelines, in many ways, the court's hands are tied. Now, not completely, of course. The court could side with the, uh, the plaintiff and actually go after uh, Disney to release some information. But I just found that kind of interesting because it's that back and forth thing. And it's a reminder, again, to watch yourself you know, and look out for yourself while you're in the parks. And if you do experience an accident, find a cast member and, you know, report it and do what you can do to get things going that way immediately afterwards. And if you see someone with a scooter, see if you can get some information from them or some people around that may have seen the same thing. So if you do have to turn to the courts, you can actually use it to your advantage. So, you know, try and be aware of your surroundings and take care of yourself as well. Now, as you know, Disney's pricing structure changed again. They've increased the price to visit the theme parks. And what they're doing now is it's variable pricing based on when you want to visit the parks. So rather than being $100-ish a day to visit any of the parks, it's now dependent on which park you want to go into and which day you're going on. So depending on the season and the day of the week, the price may actually be different. So what they're asking you to do is book all your reservations in advance and you, you would pay for it based on the time that you're going. Then also, if you're, or if you're getting some sort of a you know, multi-day pass, say you're a Florida resident and you want to get a multi-day pass, it will depend on what day you're starting on. That will be the price you'll pay. So if, you know, since typically passes expire within 14 days of use, you would buy it on, let's say, a Tuesday during value season, but maybe it heads into a different season, they'll charge you for the value season, I think anyway, unless they changed that recently. But the idea is to charge a variable price based on when you want to visit. 
So your best bet if you're traveling from out of town is to go through a Disney travel agent or work through the, uh, the app and, or the website and build your own vacation package. If you're a local or want to travel down and stay off property and buy your tickets, you just have to do a little planning to find out what the price is going to be. There's a couple of tools online uh, that you can look into to see what the uh, price points will be at various times. So you just need to find one of those and then uh, go into it and figure out what the, uh, what the price point will be for the time you want to be there. Also, Disney raised their parking fee to $25 from, I think it was $22 most recently, so the price went up on that again. So there was a man who was staying at one of the uh, resorts. I, I thought it was the Caribbean Beach, but I could be mistaken. Anyway... He was staying at the resort and he went in and he walked up to a concierge and he said, and he made an Al-Qaeda threat said he was going to blow the place up. So, of course, Disney responded by calling the police and the man was detained by police. Now, it's said that he had some mental illness. He had no bomb-making materials. He had no ability to do anything. This was just his joke. He was just basically making a joke of a sort. Not a funny joke, of course, but um, these are the kinds of things, you know, that Disney takes very seriously. If someone makes a threat like that, they are going to call the police. No questions asked. So be aware, again, just be aware, you know, don't do stupid things while you're there. That's, that's kind of my, my uh, news for today. On another topic, Disney announced plans to build a nature-inspired resort on Bay Lake. This new uh, nature-inspired mixed-use Disney resort will open in 2022 along the picturesque shoreline of Bay Lake, located between the Wilderness Lodge and Disney's Fort Wilderness Campground. Now, why is that particular location interesting? Because that is the location where River Country is, or was, or still stands today. As far as I can tell, the plan is to finally demolish the rest of River Country and build a resort there. Because that is the space that's in between. If you uh, go and look at the maps, uh, look at Google Maps, or uh, take the, take the uh, boat over between Fort Wilderness and the Wilderness Lodge, you'll pass right by it, and you can see exactly where, where we're talking about. But there's a space there that would be like the perfect space in that sense to build another resort that's on the lake that they could do more with. So looks like that's going to be something they're, they're going to do. Disneyland was in talks to get more tax subsidies in California. But in the negotiations, things kind of took an interesting twist. Disney decided that there was also an effort to try and increase the minimum wage in the state of California. And so they decided to pre proactively and preemptively raise the minimum wage at Disneyland to $15 an hour to pay a fair wage to their employees, their cast members. And in return, they wouldn't ask for any of these sub subsidies in the near future. Now, this was nothing more than a strategic move. Yes, it turned out great for the cast members. I think it's tremendous that they're finally getting a pay increase. So it was strategic to help maintain their bottom line. They'd already done negotiations to raise the wage from $13 to $15 with most of their unions. By raising the, 15, raising the $15 around the board, this was just a, a strategy to help mitigate some of the other things that were happening in the city council and in the state of California that may have impacted their bottom line. Now, the other good news for the cast members is this sliding scale goes from $15 to $22 an hour, depending on the role you play and how long you're tenured and so forth. So people get a decent raise. Uh, in, uh, at Disneyland. Now, the other good news for cast members is, even in Disney World, they increased the minimum wage to 15 as well. The reason for that was they couldn't have the inequity between the two, the two states and the two parks, so they decided to uh, show some goodwill and actually raise it in Florida as well. Though their move was less strategic in Florida, it was for the overall good of the company.
So I saw some plans and some designs for the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. They're building an entirely new uh, building behind what was the Universe of Energy. They've gutted the entire building, so only the facade remains at this point. And they're putting the, uh, the, new build, the new shell building behind it. It's supposed to be the largest indoor roller coaster when, it'll be, when it's completed. And it's supposed to have some really unique capabilities. So they will continue to use some of the linear induction charging that, they've using, that they were using for uh, the universe of energy. So that the plates and some of the, uh, the, the chargers they use to charge the vehicles will continue to work that way on these new vehicles that they're putting in. It will also borrow some technology or leverage some of the technology like in the uh, Tower of Terror where you're in a car that actually goes off the track, does something, rotates, and shows you different viewpoints, and then goes back on a track and becomes a roller coaster again. Sounds really intriguing. I love the concept. Though unfortunately for me personally, this won't work because I can't do roller coasters. I just can't do those fast movements. But I really do want to see the technology that they employ and want to see how it comes together because it sounds really cool. Disney's making another leap in technology that's really different. They got a patent on this particular car that's linear induction charged and can rotate like this and go off the track. So it's a really cool idea. We also heard that Spaceship Earth is going to undergo a major renovation coming soon. Uh, they're planning on closing it probably sometime in 2019, uh, and it'll be closed for about two years while they renovate it. There's a lot of things that are going to happen to it. They're going to redo the show inside. Uh, I think they're going to update the track inside. They're going to do some other things to it to make it different. So the uh, project right now is called Project Gamma, and it's uh, a reimagining of the center area of Future World. We haven't gotten many details about this, but one of the things they've talked about a little bit is um, that the scene at the top, where you're at the top of the uh, geodesic sphere, you're in the top of the dome, and you look up and you see Earth from space, that this entire thing will be drastically reimagined utilizing the latest projection mapping technology. Instead of just being a projected image up there, they're going to do some things to make it more real in a way. Now, in that time period that they're going to be closing the ride, so for that two-year span or, or so, what they're going to do is they're going to use Spaceship Earth, the actual outside of the dome, to use projection map mapping technology to put other things on the outside all the time. So constantly for that two-year period, they'll be using that to um, display other things, to have an interactive sort of attraction there on the outside of the dome. Since they can't go, since you won't be able to go inside and ride it, they're going to do something on the outside. I think it's kind of a cool idea. We've seen it used other times. It became the Death Star at one point. It became Mike Wazowski at some point. Very clever. And you know you, they can do the technology. Now it's just a question of how are they going to use it. So I told you on a previous podcast that, uh, that Disney will be opening up Club 33 at each of the four theme parks in Florida. This is an ultra-exclusive club that requires a $33,000 investment plus $15,000 in annual dues. It offers access to a, a special restaurant and lounge, day-long VIP guided tours, uh, instant Fast Pass Plus reservations, access to private concierge services similar to those offered in, to certain hotel guests in the higher end, and access to all four Club 33 lounges at Walt Disney World. The lounges are located in each of the theme parks. The salon in, in Hollywood Studios opened earlier this year in an unused area at the Hollywood Brown Derby restaurant. Uh, it's in the uh, sort of the back part of the restaurant where they weren't using as much. So uh, that's the first location. Epcot's location is also open, and it's in the America Adventure space that was usually the sponsorship lounge. I've been up there a couple of times for the uh, Food and Wine Festival because Chase, Chase was using it for 
their, their space up there. So that's now a Club 33 space. The other Club, Club 33 lounges, one will be in the Magic Kingdom near the Jungle Skipper Canteen restaurant. There's an unused space kind of in behind and slightly above it that they're going to be using. So they've actually expanded onto the back of the restaurant there. And uh, so you have a, a different view of the castle and so forth from up there as well. So it'll be private viewing for the fireworks, of course. In the Animal Kingdom, they haven't formally announced where the location is going to be, but it looks like it's going to be in Africa somewhere. Uh, my guess would be it would be over where the uh, Tusker House is and that back part somewhere where the Kilimanjaro Safaris is. But uh, we don't know exactly where. There was supposed to be, they had built out a space in Dino Land where they were going to put it originally, but apparently they're not going to use that. So there is a bar available there now. You can go and get a drink and kind of check it out. Now, as far as what these places are called, the one in Hollywood Studios is called the Spotlight Lounge. In Epcot, near the American Adventure, it's going to be con called the Constellation Club. The Jungle Cruise-themed restaurant will be called the Captain's Quarters. And we understand that the Animal Kingdom's lounge will be named the Harambe House. So now we know a little bit more about what they're doing there in those spaces. Recently, the European Union and the United Kingdom agreed to the merger, uh, or actually the uh, takeover, from Disney of the uh, Fox properties. So they'll be moving forward in the very near future with uh, some of the things that they want to do. One of the things they're going to do is call their streaming service Disney+. Plus. And that's really unique considering that ESPN service, which is owned by Disney, is called ESPN+. Plus. So they're going to call it Disney+, Plus, and um, it's, they're planning to debut it uh, early next year. One of the things they've talked about is actually having different streaming services all kind of merged into one. So you'll have different microsites, they're calling them, where you, know, you might have one for Star Wars, you might have one for the uh, Marvel content, you might have one for Pixar, and so on. So they have these different, uh, different areas, and you come into the, the main site and select the area you want to go into and find all of their product. Now, the price point hasn't been announced yet, but they're looking to be competitive with Netflix. So you're looking at probably around $10 a month is my guess for the uh, base service. We'll see if that actually turns out to be the case. But it's interesting because now they want to be a direct competitor to Netflix. And they want to, they want to basically push Netflix out of the market by not allowing Netflix to show any of their content anymore. So now Netflix would have to look for, they won't have any Fox content. They won't have any Disney content. So they can just turn to other studios for content. So Netflix finds themselves in a bit of a conundrum in a way, trying to find out how to compete as well. And I caught this story just recently. Disney superfan Patrice Jenkins, a teacher from Hinsdale, Illinois, was surprised in her classroom with news that she's coming with Ginger Z to go on an around-the-world adventure flying the 23,464 miles across three continents to a new destination every day. And their destination each day will be a surprise. And Good Morning America will share the best moments from their trip each day, starting Monday, November 12th through Friday, November 16th, counting down to Mickey's uh, big November, November 18th birthday. In a couple of unusual stories, uh, there was a story about a woman who had a child in a harness and another child in a stroller, and she was trying to get out of the park, and she was essentially dragging the one child who was in the harness out of the park. And so the police were called, and she was confronted by the police. She was not cooperative. Uh, they called her aggressive. So she was, she was escorted out of the park and into the patrol vehicle and uh, then read her rights and arrested for child abuse. Very strange story. All, she said, all I wanted to do was get home. 
Now, I, I do understand sometimes getting so frustrated with the parks and whatever. I don't think I would ever go that far, but wow, uh, that's just incredible. And then in another odd story, there was a report. A woman at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge handed a guest a newborn baby at about 2 a.m. Uh, one morning. And the guest walked into the resort and uh, walked up to the concierge and informed the uh, staff of the event, <laughs> I was just handed this baby. And the Reedy Creek Fire Department responded and took the baby to the hospital. The baby's doing fine. Now, in the state of Florida, there's something called the safe haven law where you can drop off a newborn at a hospital or a fire station with no questions asked. But typically, Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge is not the right place to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, the woman, they did find the woman eventually, and they did take her into um, take her into protective custody, and they're trying to figure out what the heck uh, she was doing and what happened with the baby there. And so there you go. That's my update on news, a lot of things happening around the parks, a lot of interesting things going on. You know, as I say, just you know, always be aware of your own surroundings. Know what's going on and try to take care of yourself. You're at a theme park and you're having fun, but you're still human and there's still other people around and you have to be aware of what's going on around you. And that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes... I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company.